Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. On today's episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs, I have a conversation with fellow survivor, Samantha Patterson. She is a single mum of two, small business owner, and she loves empowering women to identify their needs, to overcome their challenges, to enable them to move forward. Let's unlock the door to today's episode. Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Hello, Samantha, and welcome uh, to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast. I'm so happy to have you on as a guest today. I'm really glad that we have crossed paths and um, and I've had an opportunity to ask you to come on to the podcast to have a chat with me. So um, I would like you. I know that there, you know, there are a lot of women out there who are like us who are victims and survivors of abusive relationships and you know I am just really expressed to you just before you came on that it's actually a real gift for me having you on as a guest because these conversations always help me always help me as a victim and a survivor of an abusive relationship um, to just in so many different ways and that's the reason why um, I have this podcast for women to have this be able to tune in and hear these conversations with real women who have got shared experiences to what um, they've gone through too so welcome Samantha and just if you can just start by just giving us a bit of background about who you are Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I do appreciate it. And I love what you're doing. And I think that this is, um, this it's wonderful for them to have a, a safe place to go to. Um, so my name is Samantha. I am 36. I'm a single mother of two beautiful children. And I am from Dayton, Ohio. I currently reside in Florida. Been here for about, um, it was nine years in August. And um, I am currently going through a complete career path change. I spent 12 years in healthcare and which started in Ohio actually, and um, has recently come to an end at the beginning of this year, especially after COVID <laughs> and, um, you know, just taking this uh, in stride day by day for sure, but it's more than embraced. Definitely. So can you tell us a bit about this um, this shift, this career change that you are entering into and what that looks like? Absolutely. So we are, we're creatures of habit naturally as humans, as we are, and it's our it's our relationship with change, I think, over the years that really holds us complacent, that we can be very fearful of. 
um, and will keep us stagnant and and standing still longer than we need to. Um, you know, being able to embrace that change in something huge and take it in stride and adapt to it is truly a mastery skill, learning that kind of surrender and knowing that it's going to be okay, because I think we fear the unknown. We don't know, you know, what's on the other side, but we also have to believe in ourselves and our own capabilities and kind of take that step out on faith and have the courage to. Um, so I, I started as a home health aide at a private duty company in Ohio um, because we took care of my great-grandmother. I found um, a passion after she passed that I wanted to pass on, and I did, um, to other families. And I came down here to Florida and found assisted living industry, and I started on the floor passing medications as an aide and moved up through the positions to you know sales directors and um, executive director running buildings and regional positions having multiple buildings um, but it didn't come all so sunshine and roses i guess you can say um, because of those relationships and those ups and downs and things like that it came with a huge expense it, it really did um and there was um a lot that was attached to the years that i went through those you know the career in healthcare that i did have and after after covid um towards the beginning of this year it was just very clear to me that it was time to to step out on faith far beyond what i had ever done and i did and it's not to say that again it's all been sunshine and roses but it has not come with the traumatic effects that i have had of going through that type of you know career and seeing what i've seen and I would not change it for the world by all means, of course, but moving more into a little bit more freedom and my dream, not theirs, and really stepping into more of my power and it being a part of the unbecoming, um, the unlearning and kind of shedding off that conditioning of life is you know it's kind of just that breaking open type of a situation so it is it's definitely taking a lot of adapting it's very hard to go from a nine to five when everything is just so and very structured and i am very organized and structured as it is it's just everything has to be just so um to making that adjustment into your own business and you know kind of relearning that because it's like i don't i don't have to punch somebody's clock today nobody's going to call and say you were five minutes late or you know where's the boss or any of those things you know i don't have to put in pto what what is this you know so it's very um it's very different um but it's okay and at the end of the day I think that's what we need to learn. The change is okay. 
It is. I think, you know, one of the things that I've allowed myself to in uh, building my business is time. It's to understand, you know, that although I'm I'm super ready and things are going well for me now, but in that initial period when I started out, I had this um, this sense that I'm ready, I'm you know, I'm here, I'm ready, I'm willing, I'm able, and that everything should just automatically just fall into place. And yeah. um, you know, like it should be that simple, right? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> but um, I needed to give myself the grace to understand that it takes time to establish a business. And, um, and yeah, that's been a learning for me during this period to um, with having my own business, because I, I was like you and I pivoted when yeah. um, COVID hit. And I think a lot of people pivoted when COVID hit. And up until that time, I'd been in a, um, a permanent market where it, I sourced and unsold uh, vintage antiques, you know, just an array. Uh, I was a recycler, but I always, you know, I see myself as a bit of a treasure hunter. So I'd find mm -hmm. things that are of value and pick them up at thrift shops or auctions or yard sales and, then I would turn them over, and um, and I loved doing that. I really loved doing that. But I felt a real calling when COVID hit, uh, and I saw the rates of domestic abuse skyrocketing. I felt a real calling to do more than what I was already doing because I, 2019, I've been writing a book, which is you know my story, and I've got this. 80,000 word manuscript sitting on the back burner um, and mm -hmm. I just when COVID struck and I saw that all the instability and uncertainty was um, really having a negative impact on family violence and people's relationships and things I was like we need something more now and you and I know Samantha that there are many many gaps in the system that many women fall through the gaps because um, their needs aren't being met in the right way at the most critical times. And, and I thought, well, if I can do something, if I can create a podcast that women can tune into when it is safe for them to listen, then at least they've got that there. It's a permanent, your episode will be permanently up there for ever and women can go back and listen to that podcast and they can listen to that episode when it's safe for them to do it so um so I totally get that whole uh working from home thing and then creating boundaries for yourself at home too around your work time <laughs> how are you going that with that is probably that's been the hugest thing I think and the biggest motivator because the catalyst started um I had such a desire to run a building for the first time 
when I was down here in assisted living community, specifically here in Florida. And I had an opportunity. Somebody saw in me what I knew I was capable of and wanted to give me the opportunity. So she kind of drugged me along um, with her to a building that we were going to be cleaning up, which is a passion. I absolutely love going into those troubled buildings, cleaning them up and doing all that. Um, so I got really great guidance and experience. Well, part of that expense that it came with, because you do take on a staff and you take on families and you take on residents and you take on these people that are, a lot of them are broken. They really mm -hmm. are. And you are the leader. You only have so much no in you. You know, you have people who are relying on you to make sure that the kitchen is ran smoothly and that their medications are on time and that everybody in those positions are being managed and empowered to do their job. Mm -hmm. And I was pregnant with my daughter mm -hmm. at the time, and it was a not a fun pregnancy. <laughs> well, she definitely gave me a run for my money. And um, I literally worked up until the minute where I said, something's wrong. I got to go to the hospital. Wow. And I had her on a Tuesday and was back at work on Friday. I did not take <sighs> maternity leave. So to say I lived with baby blues for a while. Wow. And even now, I still have to deal with some things that, um, with her, with, with my daughter specifically, because, you know, I didn't get, um, I didn't get that time with her. Like I got with my son yeah. and it was, it was rough. Yeah. It really was. Um, but to say that, um, you know, it wasn't a crucial part of my story, I would definitely be lying because it was, it was huge. And it helped me really kind of understand, you know, it, it was unfortunate that it had to be as extreme as it was um, for me to to learn what healthy boundaries meant and to have to be able to put those things in place because they needed, she needed me yeah. definitely. And I needed her. Yeah. So I lost a lot of that bonding mm. that get with your kids in those first, you know, those first few weeks and months and things like that. Mm. So I didn't, I didn't really get to enjoy my baby. Like I want, but I had, um, I had an opportunity to take over my first building and that is the expense that it came. It came with a lot of stuff that happened um, behind the scenes and that I ended up going through alone because nobody knew. Yeah. And nobody, but I knew what that kind of an opportunity was going to do for my family, especially being a single mom. So I just, I powered through it and came out on the other side. But again, there's still lasting effects to those things. And it wasn't worth it at all whatsoever. So 
I now today to never live that again. Yeah. When it is time to show up for something, it has to be with intention and it has to be with vigor and it has to be with a passion. And it is not before anything at home, period. And my time freedom is where I decided to take any, all of that back. It, and I had to, because I have to be, my cup has to be full. And this is what I talk about with others. I was so depleted. There was nothing left for me to give at all. And that opened me up um, to uh, narcissists and others that fed off of someone in that just kind of a such a low vibrational um, frequency within themselves and everything else. So I, I really, I, I put myself through the ringer. I did. Was my intention good? Of course it was. But again, the expense that it came at was not, it wasn't worth it at all. So, you know, when people start to, when they start to, to wake up from that and that fog starts to clear and they start to take back that power and they go through this, um, this like, it's almost, it reminds me of kind of like a butterfly and they are breaking out of this, this cocoon in a way and people start to fall away that have really kept them encapsulated in that shell because they fit for your struggle, but they didn't fit for your transformation and your success. And you go through a lot of that, you know, well, why am I losing this person? And now we're disconnected here. You know, whoever that may be, friends or family, and we want to hold on, hold on, hold on because of whoever they may be. And again, change is always, you know, such a huge factor for people uh, that once we start to really get through those emotions and that grief process, um, I think sitting with ourselves and learning to love our own company and what we bring to the table and we start to see that worth and we start to love us again and that's when the aesthetic changes inside outside and people start to notice the right people stay you know because they're meant for the entire journey not just a season or you know the lesson or whatever the case may be so you know I like to talk about making sure that your cup is full when I do talk to people and we do have conversations of these things because you cannot pour and show up for others where you cannot pour into and show up for yourself and I think that that is, that's always huge for anybody to hear. And I think sometimes it falls on deaf ears, um, but the seed gets planted. Yes. yes. Big yes. time. Yeah. I, I, everything you are saying is just everything <laughs> that I, I say and everything I do. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes. And, and, you're absolutely right that when you say these things, the person is not quite ready to 
digest it's a digesting thing isn't it like it takes us Uh time to digest things so first we get given this idea then we have to chew on it for a while Mm-hmm. And then we have to swallow it. So, you know, once you've, they're all stages, you you know, you've got to chew on it, you've got to swallow it, you've got to digest it. And all of these things are a process and all of these things take time. So yeah. that once you've got those those things, you've ingested, started eating those things and t- started taking them on board, they do their thing. They do their yeah. thing over time because you've actually taken them on. So um, it, like I was talking about the business and uh, evolving a business and developing a business and you were talking about the, oh, my God, the butterfly and, yeah. you know, that the butterfly it needs to go through that uh, transformation where it's in the cocoon Um when you're talking about that, there's, you know, something that strikes me too that on one side, you know, that caterpillar needs to be in that cocoon and it's all this, you know, process which is very much an individual, like only you can do it, only, you know, yes. like the people can come in and they can help you and they can support you along the way. But you have to own your transformation. You're the one yeah. who actually is doing the work to get that transformation yeah. happening. Mm-hmm. And if somebody comes in and with their, and you would have seen this on time and time again, I'm sure in the type of work that you were doing, is that if you give too much help at critical times, the person will not go through their full transformation because they haven't had to own their struggle. And that struggle has been an important part of their transformation. So if somebody comes along and nicks the cocoon thinking that they're doing the butterfly a favour by helping it to emerge faster, then Mm -hmm. the butterfly is going to come out and it's going to have a swollen body and it's going to have Um, stunted wings and it's not going to be able to take flight the way it would if it hadn't have gone through that full transformation process and gone through the struggle and uh, you know so that this is part of life and it's part of transformation and we can't rob ourselves of that and so if you're going through a struggle and a strain um see that that is part of life's process of transformation that's where the beauty comes out on the other side of that the, you know the incredible um creature that is the butterfly that takes flight comes out of that struggle so yeah. um yeah and i just oh there's so many things that you said Smith, and i'm just thinking oh wow this is just so much you know this is everything that I believe this is everything that I you know do and um it's just incredible talking to somebody who's so like-minded and I think your empathy comes from a place of so much experience in helping Mm -hmm. others and let's talk a little bit about that filling your own cup up and making sure that that's full because I think 
uh, women are notorious for neglecting themselves. They will put everybody else ahead of themselves. They will take care of others. They will they'll do everything for everyone else, but they will hold off on doing those same things for themselves because they don't feel that they deserve it in some way. They feel guilty for yeah. taking that they time. Mm-hmm. The guilt, time. the shame, the, you know, I can't be doing all of that for me because that's just selfish that is, mm-hmm. is this attitude that women have, which couldn't be further from the truth because we actually need to, to be able to give to others. We need to be able to be giving from a full cup. If we try yes. to give from a half full cup or a cup that's only got a tiny couple of drops left in it, yeah, <laughs> we're not going to be any good to anyone. We're not. And, you know, I started this um, out of a, a third or fourth terrible relationship abuse of some way, shape or form, and yeah. physical, emotional, um, just you name it. And I got to a point where you know you you have to be done for one you can preach and preach and preach but if they are not ready they are not ready and I was finally to a point where I said I love you enough to let you go and it's that moment that you really have to come to say there this is no I've been here way too long we ignored the red flags. We need to move on um, because hindsight is always twenty twenty, right? We always see later what we knew very well was not what we should have been pursuing. So it's been um, four, four or five years now um, that I... I said no more. I was through that grief process because I knew already what was going on. Um, When I said, I love you enough to let you go because we're not happy was my out. It was my way um, to kind of release. That was my acceptance. I was at that last stage and was able to move along. Um, Learning what I needed to do to take myself back was a process, but I said to myself these years ago, if I want someone to reciprocate this love that I give, I have to learn to give it to myself, period, and that's where it started. I quit smoking, cold turkey, November, those years ago. So it's, we're coming up on four or five years now. And I went to the gym and I started working out and I upped my meal prep and I did all of these really great things. Um, I made sure I took a candlelit bath once a week. I made sure I loved on me the way I wanted someone to love on me. Like I would love on them because I feel very strongly that try that that like attracts like and I wanted to be in that same space and energy of someone who possessed certain things that I did um in whatever it was 
you know, that their love language was that I would be able to, you know, embrace it back, so to speak. Um, but to say, you know, whether that was it, it wasn't, it came with getting up a little bit earlier. It came with going to bed a little bit later. It's because I needed me time because I'm yeah. allowed to be Samantha and not mom and daughter and granddaughter and all of those things. I had to have time away. I had to have me time. I had to have, um, time to be able to to relearn me without mm -hmm. all of the conditioning um of life and relationships and situations and scenarios and everything else and start to turn inward that was the biggest thing that unbecoming and unlearning was turning inward and starting to get to the root of why I adapted to certain things and why I took on certain responses and defense mechanisms and understanding where those came from. Yeah. And when I say it, you'll go back really far <laughs> if you really sit down and you really kind of hone in on those things and understand those are the, um, I think those are the most crucial moments because it's the understanding of, you know, how it all really started and why you start to attract certain things through life and why we allow certain things in life. Um, and learning to, with those healthy boundaries, meet people where they've met themselves because we start to overgive and we start to, um, become depleted again in those sense. So discernment has been another one of those big mastery skills along with that surrender and discernment, I think in so many ways and in so many facets is just as crucial as the surrender is. And in a healthy way, learning how to kind of detach yourself emotionally from certain situations to see it from a much more um, wide, broader range perspective and not so attached to this tunnel vision of what something is. And I think um, starting to do those things, I, you know, loving on myself and all that self-care and that self-love and, and things like that, it trickles down into everything that you do yeah. all, all the way across the board. I deserve to be a hundred percent because my kids deserve to have a mom that's happy and I'm not raising children that need to come over, that need to overcome their childhood. I don't want them to have to go through those things and I can recognize it. And I, I want to be the change that they need to have to be able to not have to go through those things. We learn experience, of course, but it doesn't have to be at such a young age. It doesn't have to, they, I want them to be kids. You know what I mean? I want in this day and age, play your video game. I played my Nintendo, you know, yeah. <laughs> and all that fun stuff, but I don't want them to have to face adult situations at 
12 and 15 when it's not necessary. And I don't want them to have to look back and say, I just, I have to overcome this, or this is why I'm this way. Will we carry some of those things? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's just perception, but does it have to be to such an extreme that it is, you know, it trickles down and affects the rest of our life to such an extent that it's, it's such a, it's a traumatic experience. You know what I mean? That is what my effort is to avoid. And like I said, you know, we can be very selective in what we show up for. And that I just put right under the category of, of the self-love for sure. Because if it's not, if it's not something that absolutely needs my attention right then and there. And it's something that I can wait because I have other things um, on my on my schedule, then those things fall to my to-do list. Mm-hmm. To-do list can be so long, but I have a schedule. Yeah. And if it needs to be on my schedule, it's of importance. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. You really do need to schedule it in it's make it a non-negotiable it's you know it's a must do it's not a if if I've got time I'll squeeze that into my life and yeah you really illustrated um in a very real way that you, you said right well if I'm going to give myself this self-love time the self-care time then that means I need to get up a bit earlier and that means I need to go to bed a little bit later but I know that I'm going to be nourishing myself so much in those times I'm not depleting my energy I'm actually re-energizing so I think that was a fantastic point that you made that showed that it is possible We, we can when we look at it we can think your to-do list is already so full where on earth am I going to be able to squeeze in this self-care time and then we get into self-avoidance you know when we when we don't turn turn a blind eye to our self-care then we go and avoid that work that we need to do which is replenishing our own cup which then can maybe get us looking a bit more at the things that we need to heal and some of those awarenesses are quite scary for us when you were talking about that it made me think that um we have this fear fear of we're trying to protect ourselves and Mm -hmm. so a lot of our responses are there because our subconscious mind is telling us that if we Mm -hmm. do something we're going to get hurt and so Mm -hmm. our conditioning based on our experiences is the thing that's driving us to believe things that aren't true and mm-hmm. they're the things that become our roadblocks that we have to push past and say, yeah. well, no, if it's something that is, is good for me and is nourishing for me and is helping me to like myself more and 
love and learn to love myself and self-partner the way that I would like somebody to partner with me and the way that somebody would like to treat me if I am the one who is being the example and treating myself this way then that's where it's going to flow on from and you're going to then be able to attract the right kind of people into your life and what you were talking about before with discerning you'll be more discerning because you'll be more conscious of what something good looks like and the red flags will be a a heck of a lot clearer to you and Mm. and you'll be like well no I'm sorry no that's not acceptable you know (laughs) right absolutely and I think that is one of the biggest feats out of coming out of a relationship of any sort that we'll just say was not ideal, um, is being able to identify what a healthy relationship looks like. Because I think as healed as we feel that we are, and as far on the other side as we think we may be, there may be that one tiny thing so minute that is still a trigger Mm. and will cause me to like recluse back and say wait um you know is this what that was or or am I looking for it to be that you know am I am I being triggered in the sense that am I is this real and I'm really truly this is it you know I am actually deserving of these things and this is going to continue and you know I think in the day and age that we're in now we've gotten so accustomed to such an instant gratification that we got so far away from the old-fashioned values and morals and principles and until you come to a point like this you don't find the value of courting anymore. Mm -hmm. And now more than ever, I think that it is so, so crucial to do so Mm -hmm. because you're learning that person in their patterns, in their behaviors, and whether or not that that is truly what you want to, you know, to pursue and to move forward with. Um, And not looking for a way to be offended when you have to disagree and having conversations and asking questions and not just jumping both feet in and saying, hey, let's do this. You know, I mean, I don't, I find the value in someone who can share in, um, in the vulnerability of conversation mm-hmm. and helping me understand, you know, where they're, they've been and what they've overcome um, to be that change when there is a mutual um a mutual interest and the chemistry is there is it just surface or you know can we delve a little bit deeper and and have that true connection with each other and be able to have these conversations and agree to disagree and it not end in you know this that or the third type of a situation um, I think if we found a little bit of patience in those connections, it would take us really, really far. Yeah. It really would, yeah. big yeah. time. 
Yeah, absolutely. You've got a lot of wisdom, Samantha. Um, you're still relatively young. You, you know, you're only 36. And <laughs> I know that you've had a, a lifetime of experience in your 36 years and having the opportunity that you've had to work with people in that caring role, caring capacity as um, I think giving you uh, so much wisdom too that you might not have otherwise. And I, I love that you're honouring yourself and that you are putting your family first because this is another thing where um, when you're talking about feminism and you're talking about equality and um, we should absolutely be treated equally to men, 100%. There's just no question about it. Um, we should have, you know, the same rights. We should have the same pay. Um, we should, you know, uh, have... Uh, I think there should be more done in terms of supporting women with the disruptions to their work lives because of child rearing, because there's, you know, there's great value in being there for your children in terms of helping them to grow up with their heads screwed on right and going down a good path. It's very, very healthy for parents to have an active relationship with their children rather than just be there to um, get them up in the morning and feed them some breakfast quickly before they run out the door and then come home at night and then throw some dinner in front of them and then see you good night. Great to, great to see you again for five minutes today. But um I, it's it's a lot to juggle. It's a lot to juggle. And I think um, I'm seeing more and more women say, that doesn't fit me. That doesn't fit what I want as, you know, as a mum. I, I want, I'm smart, I'm intelligent, I'm entrepreneurial. I'm going to have my own business and yeah. I'm going to be there for my kids. Yeah, and that's it. There's, it's a non-negotiable. They, they need me and um, this uh, these are their formative years. So, you know, I'm their mother and I, I want to be the one who's there for them. And it's absolutely 100% your right to make these choices. Absolutely 100% your right. I think now more than ever it's happening um, you know, people are, are taking back their power across the board yeah. big time. I think a lot of people are, um, what, what women in particular, I mean, they're just, we're wonderful and we are absolutely stepping into that and, and saying that this is me and this is what I want and this is what I'm going to do. And you're just, you're not going to stop me. It's not going to happen. I'm going to, I'm fearless. And I'm, I'm going to take it back, take the bull by the horns and I'm running full force. And I see it all the time, all the time. And it's wonderful. It's beautiful because that it's, you see that spark of passion in someone's eye ignite when they get to a certain point in that journey. And it's like, that is, that is the courage. And that is what the world needs. Absolutely. I don't know about you, Samantha, but, you know, when for a lot of years, especially sort of through my 
my 20s and I guess even my my 30s before um well things did you know were I was already you know involved in uh narcissistic relationship in my 20s and then again you know once I hit 30 I was into the one that just escalated and um got to the point where I had to flee with the kids and uh for me all the way along one of the biggest questions you know that I'm crying out from my heart is what's my purpose what you know what am I here for um, because I had such a desire to align my life with my purpose and I know that I'm not alone and, and what you're talking about and describing now is women who want to align with their purpose and align their lives with the, the reason that they're here in, the, in this life and saying this life has value my life has value and I want to make the best possible use of my life that I can and that you know I want my kids to know that I value them I want to be there for them and um and I want to be doing giving my time and energy with my work to what is going to give me the most purpose in my life and have the most meaning yeah absolutely yeah. I think that type of um courage and positivity is what breeds it into the rest of the world because just like you know they say you never really know who's watching and we don't and yeah. we have to still move along and move in such a way you know that it doesn't matter if we're being watched. It doesn't matter if, you know, if we're, it has to be altruism and it has to be authentic. Um, I think once you get to a certain point out of, you know, certain relationships and, and situations that there becomes that want and desire to truly find and align, like you said, exactly for that purpose. And they want to be able to move in that intention um, and make that impact because they, they want to be fulfilled. I think we go so long, so, so long with false hope um and 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 being unfulfilled that once we find a way to be fulfilled and figure out that it is um the purpose and the passion and things like that i think that you know it becomes such a lifestyle and it becomes such a way of life and you have that opportunity then to to really breathe that into other people yeah. because usually they they see the struggle and they see the transformation and they see the journey and they see that it's possible and even um you know if they're still stuck in that oh you can but i can't you know that's just it it won't happen like that for me you know you see a lot of those and you hear a lot of that it's pessimism and it's okay i'm sure we've all been there at some point um, but there's a life on the other side of that. And I think if, you know, we just keep moving along in those things that eventually it catches on to those yeah. and they can start to change that perspective big time. 
Totally, totally agree, 100%. I've just absolutely loved this conversation. I really have loved every minute of talking to you, Samantha. Now, we're about out of time now. So before we go, are there any, is there any link that you'd like to share so that people could perhaps connect with you? You know, um, anybody is absolutely welcome to, to follow me on Facebook. It's just my name, Samantha Patterson. Um, I'm on IG as enamored dot beauty and um i do have a a little tiny community group that is pour into me on facebook that is just that that's what we do beautiful <laughs> we get to pour into each other and you know have a a space to um to chat if you need to for you know for any specific reason that's beautiful. I will include those links in the episode notes to help people to find you. Um, and I'll definitely be checking all of that out myself. I absolutely love um, where you're headed in your life. I think it's a beautiful thing. And I'm so glad that you are pouring love into yourself so that you can overflow into the lives of others especially most especially your children which is just gorgeous so thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today for the last question I ask all my guests because this podcast is called Tiara's Tears and Triumphs what does this title mean to you as a woman Um, you know, I would have to say it is, I think it's descriptive of, of all the layers that, that we are definitely. Um, I think we always wear the crown, I think through the tears and the triumphs, it just, it takes a little bit of straightening. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, look, it's just been awesome, Samantha. Thank you so much once yes. again for being my guest today. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's been a very, very, very wonderful conversation tonight. I agree 100%. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel but when I turned a corner in my life the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, 
please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow. Hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset. Spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe, Sandy.